What's the difference between a coyote and a flea? I don't know. know. What? What? One prowls the hairy and one howls on the prairie. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for the Children's Hour. Kids Public Radio. Good morning, world. It's such a beautiful morning. The birds are singing their song and the full moon is heading down and I see my girl sleeping well past dawn and soon she'll be on in good morning world and I don't know how I got so lucky and there's nowhere I'd rather be right now And the fridge is full And the schedule is empty Gonna be a day of plenty Good morning world And the endless days Working through dinner No way to win there Chained to a desk and putting on weight And the laughs were few And the smiles were distant And the bills so persistent A good morning world And I don't know how I got so lucky nowhere else I'd rather be right now and the fridge is full and the schedule is empty gonna be a day of plenty a good morning world is full and the schedule is empty gonna be a day plenty a good morning world and she's waking up it's getting on noon now here comes the monsoon now The big rains come pouring down And she snuggles up And asks about breakfast Only the best is A good morning girl And I don't know how I got so lucky And there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now And the fridge is full And the schedule is empty Gonna be a day of plenty A good morning world And I don't know how I got so lucky And there's nowhere else 
I'd rather be right now And the fridge is full And the schedule is empty Gonna be a day of plenty A good morning world That's Dana Lyons with Good Morning World. You're listening to the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. I'm here with a lot of great kids at the Outpost Performance Space in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and on Zoom. Hello, everyone. Hello. And who's with us today? Hi, it's Beth. Hi, it's Genevieve. Hi, it's Isaac. Hi, it's Kodiak the cat. Hi, it's Daniel. Hello, it's Amadeus. Hi, it's Luminata. Hi, it's Kate. Well, it's great everyone is with us today. I am really excited about this show because it's about a very misunderstood creature, coyotes. Do you all see coyotes sometimes in your life? Yeah. So often. We have an arroyo and my dad goes out sometimes with our our dog and they'll come right up and then they'll just like run away. (laughs) They kind of are skittish, right? They look like they could be this friendly dog, but then you get up to them and you realize, well, you look like a dog, but you're kind of skinny and you kind of have a bushy tail and and you're not really friendly like a dog. You're definitely wild. My dog loves to chase and play with coyotes. So one time we went camping and we couldn't find him. And so... We ran all over the place looking for him, and it turns out that he was, like, running in circles with, like, two other coyotes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I've never known dogs to play with coyotes. My main experience with coyotes myself is that I have chickens, and when I see coyotes in my yard, it's usually bad news. They're usually coming to kill my chickens. I used to think that they only came at night, but now they seem to come at all times of the day. Yeah, Kodiak. One time one of my friends was um, out in the bosque and they were like, man, you know, I wish I could see a coyote. And then they were like, look over and they're like, oh, a coyote. <laughs> That's kind of how they it works. They jinx themselves, but in a good way. Well, we're going to learn about coyotes today with someone who really cares a lot about coyotes and has been studying them extensively. Zoe Rossman is a PhD candidate at the University of New Mexico, and she has been researching coyotes. We're going to learn why we should welcome them, even though they can kind of freak us out sometimes. We also have a book review today done by Beth and so much great music. This is Nancy Stewart right here on the Children's Hour. Five coyotes up on the hill just a-sitting and a-howling at the moon. Oh, one coyote said I'm getting kind of hungry. I'm off to find some rabbit stew. Then four coyotes up on the hill Just a-sittin' and a-howlin' at the moon Oh, one coyote said I'm getting kinda hungry I'm off to find some rabbit stew Then three coyotes up on the hill Just a-sittin' and a-howlin' at the moon Oh, one coyote said I'm getting kinda hungry off to find some rabbit stew Then two coyotes up on the hill Just a-sittin' and a-howlin' at the moon Oh, 
one coyote said, I'm getting kind of hungry. I'm off to find some rabbit stew. Then one coyote up on the hill, just a sitting and a howling at the moon. Ow! That coyote said, I'm really getting hungry. I'm off to find some rabbit stew. Then down in the valley, five little rabbits hop into a hole in the ground. They said, we hear the coyotes are getting kind of hungry, and we don't plan to be around. You're listening to the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone, and I'm here with the kids crew at the Outpost Performance Space, where we're recording our show, as well as on Zoom. Our guest today is a PhD candidate. Her name is Zoe Rossman. Welcome to the Children's Hour, Zoe. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you with us on the show. And Zoe, you are studying coyotes for your PhD, uh, your dissertation. So you've learned a lot about coyotes. And I wanted to talk with you because most people don't like coyotes. Yeah, you're right about that. Tell us a little bit about why did you pick coyotes? That's a great question. Um, I kind of fell into coyotes by accident. I moved out here to study small mammals. And I ended up getting the chance to go do some work with urban coyotes in Chicago and kind of fell in love with them as a species to study. And I think they're really, really interesting because among all these animals that are not doing well as you know, we change our environment and build cities and change the landscape, coyotes are one of these few animals that are just thriving. And so it's really interesting uh, to be able to study a species that's thriving despite us instead of, you know, just trying to survive. It does seem like they're thriving. There seems to be a lot of coyotes. And the kids have a lot of questions for you. How smart are coyotes? Coyotes are very smart. So most canines, like wild animals in the in the dog family, um, tend to be pretty smart. Um, and there's been studies done on coyote intelligence and their problem-solving skills and things like that. But even if you're just out watching coyotes, something that I've been seeing stories about recently are is things like coyotes looking before they cross the road. They're definitely very smart, maybe even smarter than some people. <laughs> I believe that. Can you tell us why the coyotes are thriving right now? Yeah, absolutely. So coyotes are a member of the carnivore family. So they're technically a carnivore, but behaviorally and dietarily, they're omnivores. So they can take advantage of a lot of different foods. So they're not just eating meat like an animal, like a wolf or a mountain lion. They're also eating things like berries and fruits and seeds and nuts and even our trash. And so they can take advantage of all these resources in human environments and so that plays a big part in their ability uh, to do well with us. The other side of it is that when we expanded and built cities, you know, across the United States um, and across the world, we killed on purpose and by accident a lot of these larger carnivores like wolves. And so those were animals that kind of kept coyote populations in check. And so with their absence, coyotes have really been able to expand their range and really, really thrive. Um, how many pups do coyotes usually have? So it really varies. They generally have around four to seven pups 
on average, but their litters can be anywhere from one all the way up to 19 pups. Ooh. And there's some, <laughs> I know. That it seems like a lot of puppies. It's a lot of puppies. And there's some evidence that they actually are able to adjust their litter size depending on what's happening to their population. So if their population is really under a lot of pressure, they'll actually have more pups in the hopes that, you know, some of them are able to survive. I've heard stories of coyotes teaming up with badgers to find food. Is this true? It is absolutely true, and it's my favorite behavior in the universe. So coyotes and badgers have these mutualistic relationships where they'll team up and hunt together, and that's because badgers are really good at digging, and coyotes aren't, and coyotes are really good at chasing, and badgers aren't. And so the idea is that coyotes and badgers together can sort of help each other if a badger, you know, digs up a, you know, prairie dog that runs away, the coyote can get it. Or if a coyote chases a prairie dog back into its hole, a badger can get it. And they'll hang out repeatedly, like over the course of of more than just one instance of hunting together. And it's always only one badger, but sometimes there's two or three or even four coyotes that will team up with the single badger. Do they share the food then with the badger? They don't share the individual animals, no. So, But the idea is that sometimes the coyote will get it and sometimes the badger will get it. And behaviors like this, because we see them happen so often, we kind of know that there's some sort of advantage to them working together. We're talking with Zoe Rossman. She's a PhD candidate at the University of New Mexico, and she's studying coyotes. We have so much more to learn. Stick with us. This is the Children's Hour, and this is the Canote Brothers. As I rode my pony across the western plain, I stopped and heard a sweet and sad refrain. It filled the sundown sky with a lonesome tune. It was one little coyote howling at the moon. <laughs> As rode my pony across the western plain Stopped and heard a sweet and sad refrain Two wise owls were calling, come home soon ooh, ooh. And one little coyote was howling at the moon <coughs> As I rode my pony across the western plain I stopped and heard a sweet and sad refrain Three prairie chickens were crowing through the trees. Two wise owls were calling, come home soon. And one little coyote was howling at the moon. As I rode my pony across the western plain, I stopped and heard a sweet and sad refrain. Four little doggies were lowing in the breeze. Chickens were crowing through the trees. Two wise owls were calling, come on soon. And one little coyote was howling at the moon. As I rode my pony across the western plain, five prairie dogs were whistling at a snake. Four little doggies, three prairie chickens. Two wise owls and one little coyote was howling at the moon as I rode my pony across the western plain. Six beavers 
slapping their tails upon a lake. Five prairie dogs, four little doggies, three prairie chickens, two wise owls, and one little coyote was howling at the moon. As I rode my pony across the western plains, saw seven geese honking across the sky. Six people slapping, five prairie dogs, four little doggies, three prairie chickens, two wise owls, and one little coyote was howling at the moon. As I rode my pony across the western plains, saw eight mustangs whinnying wild and high. Seven geese, honk, honk, six people slapping, five prairie dogs. Listening to the Children's Hour, and that was the Kenodi Brothers from Thingamajig. One Little Coyote is the name of that song. In the background, Gideon Freudman from Adobe Doghouse. We're going to learn more about coyotes with our guest, Zoe Rossman, coming up right after the break. You're listening to the Children's Hour. Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated. We're a New Mexico-based nonprofit organization supported by listeners just like you. Learn more about us at childrenshour.org. The New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs supports the Children's Hour. Learn more about New Mexico's statewide seasonal events at newmexicoculture.org slash traditions. Electric Playhouse supports the Children's Hour. Find your play at Electric Playhouse in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's fun for kids and adults who want to play like a kid again. Electricplayhouse.com
coyote sneaking around, stealing from the farmers without a sound. Until one day they said, We're through working alone to capture you. You may be clever, you may be strong, you may be fast, it's true. But now that they are working together, we can be sneaky too. Watch out! Coyote sneaking around, stealing from the farmers without a sound. Hey there, thief! Better watch your back. Here come farmers Joe and Jack, okay, yeah. munching chickens and rabbits too. That really isn't fair. Now there's a team after you, Coyote. You better beware. Watch out! For two heads are better than one. Cool coyote, it's time for you to run. You may be clever, but not forever. For two heads are better than one. Watch out! Cool Coyote is Linda Arnold from a release called Bright Ideas. You're listening to the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. Today on the show, we have Zoe Rossman. She is a PhD candidate at the University of New Mexico's Department of Biology, and her expertise is on coyotes. The kids have a lot of questions for her. Do coyotes only live in New Mexico? No, coyotes live in a lot of places. So their historic range includes New Mexico. So they evolved here in sort of the desert southwest, northern Mexico. And their historic range is all the way up through the Great Plains and out west to California and down through Mexico. But with the changes that we've made to the land, cutting down the forests and killing animals like wolves, they've really been able to expand. And so now, today, coyotes are all the way up into Canada and Alaska. They're down into Panama. They crossed the Panama Canal in 2010. So there's just one national forest keeping them out of South America right now. And so they're really everywhere from the West Coast to the East Coast. And they're in every major city in the continental U.S., which is just amazing considering. That's amazing. So they're not in Asia and they're not in Australia or Europe. Is that right? That's right. But a lot of these other places have animals that could be considered kind of analogous. Similar to coyotes, like fulfilling the same role in their ecosystem. What are some of those animals? So one of those, like in South America, they have the crab-eating fox. That's another sort of omnivorous generalist wild canine. Um, And they're about the same size as the coyote. They eat a lot of different things. And it's really interesting because they're actually making their way up north as coyotes make their way south. And so right now they have cameras, trail cameras in these areas where we know both of them are living. And so it'll be really interesting to see how they influence each other. We don't know that yet. Mm. When did coyotes evolve? 
So coyotes diverged from wolves. Their common ancestor is probably about two million years ago. So that's quite a while. Wow. So they're also descendants of wolves, kind of like our dogs. So coyotes and wolves have a common ancestor that does not exist anymore today. And then dogs were domesticated from wolves. So dogs and wolves are more closely related to each other than either are to coyotes. Wow. Yeah, you know, you look at a coyote and you would never think that. Right, absolutely. And some some breeds of dogs look really, really similar to coyotes. I always get photos of people's dogs saying, is my dog part coyote or is this a coyote? And most of the time it's like, no, just it's just a cool looking dog. We're talking with Zoe Rossman. She is a PhD candidate at the University of New Mexico who is researching coyotes. Amadeus. How many species of coyotes are there and what differentiates them? That's a great question. So there's just one species of coyote. Um, There are arguments that there should be a second species, which is the eastern coyote. And the reason that people, some people think this is because eastern coyotes are mostly coyote, but they have a little bit of wolf DNA and a little bit of dog DNA from interbreeding that took place between 50 and 100 years ago as coyotes were expanding and as we were killing off wolves. There's also a lot of people who don't think that that should be the case, who think that there should only be one species. So it's it's interesting to hear the different schools of thought. So you were talking about how sometimes foxes can play the same roles as coyotes. What similarities do foxes and coyotes have with each other? So foxes and coyotes, there's one species of coyote, but there's lots of different species of foxes. So an animal like the crab-eating fox in South America fulfills a more similar role in the ecosystem to a coyote, whereas foxes that we have here in North America, like the gray fox and the red fox, tend to be a little bit more different. We still do see them being really successful in urban environments and in environments where we've changed the land. So that's something that's similar. And they do tend to eat a lot of different things. So they have a very diverse diet. But the foxes that we have here in North America tend to be a lot smaller than coyotes. So a lot of our foxes are just about the size of a house cat, whereas coyotes here in New Mexico are around 25 pounds, so about the size of a beagle. We're talking with Zoe Rossman. She is a PhD candidate and she's studying coyotes and we're learning with her today on the Children's Hour. I'm coyote. 
That's the Earthworm Ensemble from Backyard Garden right here on the Children's Hour where we're learning about coyotes. You can learn a lot more with us, see pictures, hear the sounds of coyotes, and so much more at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Coyotes. Our guest today on the show is Zoe Rossman. She's a PhD student at the University of New Mexico She's learning everything there is to know about coyotes, and we sure have a lot more questions for her. Do coyotes have any predators? And if they do, what are they? So today, humans are really coyotes' main predators because we've gotten rid of, to a large extent, things like wolves. So humans are the main animals uh, that kill coyotes today. Why do people kill them? That's a great question, and there's a lot of answers to that. Some people just kill them because they don't like them. Um, some people kill them because, like Katie mentioned, they will eat chickens or cats or small dogs. They're an opportunistic predator, which means that really anything that's there and easy, they'll eat. So they're not going to you know, go out of the way to stalk and kill your pet or anything like that. But if there is an outdoor cat or a small dog unattended or a bunch of juicy chickens in a yard, uh, they definitely will see that as prey. They also sometimes will kill livestock, especially smaller livestock or baby livestock. So that uh, is a reason that a lot of ranchers tend to dislike coyotes. But the negative relationship with coyotes really started around the time that we were killing wolves across the United States. And wolves play a very different ecological role than coyotes, but we sort of saw coyotes as the next thing to kill. And so uh, the, the U.S. government and people more largely have been killing coyotes for hundreds of years. I just want to say, you know, to keep the coyotes from my juicy chickens, I figured out I could get one of those super loud, obnoxious air horns and go out. So when I see the coyote coming in my yard, I go outside with my air horn and I go with my horrible <laughs> air horn. And it is very, 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 very loud. And it scares the coyotes. And I figured out I only had to do that you know, maybe 10 times. And it was like they learned, oh, that's the yard with the lady with the awful air horn. And they don't come as much. I I do notice I have 
then a new bunch of coyotes in the spring, you have to do it again. But you can actually teach them that your yard, even with its fat, delicious, juicy, egg-laying hens, is not a friendly place for them. And that's a perfect example of what we call hazing, which basically just means scaring away coyotes. And you're absolutely right. They will learn and it's very, very effective. So scaring them with sound, spraying them with a hose, things like bright flashing lights, uh, they'll learn really quickly that your backyard is not a place they're welcome. And because they're these opportunistic animals, they don't want to work for it, right? So they're not going to come back to your yard if they're being consistently discouraged. You're listening to The Children's Hour. Our guest today is Zoe Rossman. She is a PhD candidate who is studying coyotes. And there's so much to learn about coyotes. They're such a loathed animal. People don't like coyotes. And it's sad because they're cute. Let's go to you, Amadeus. For those of us listening who haven't seen coyotes walking around, are they solitary or do they hunt in packs like wolves? So they're much more likely to be solitary or hunt in pairs than wolves. So coyote quote-unquote packs are really just family groups. So they'll generally be an alpha pair with a couple other related adults and then the pups from that year and maybe the year before. And when they go out and hunt, they're generally hunting either on their own or with one other coyote. And so in some areas, they have been recorded to hunt with, hunt in packs, uh, but the vast majority of the time they're hunting uh, in smaller groups or alone. What is the coyote population worldwide? That's a great question, and we have no idea. What? So some people think it's around two or three million. Some people think it's upwards of 10 million. I'm actually working on trying to come up with an estimate with a couple colleagues right now, but it's really hard because most states do not actually monitor their coyote populations, either because A, they're newer to those places within the last few decades, or because they're considered a pest species, right? So in a lot of states, you can just go out and kill a coyote whenever you want, there's no bag limit. There's no hunting season. And so a lot of times when we look at things like mammal populations, we're focusing on animals that are struggling and not animals that are doing really well. Or we're focusing on animals that are of an economic interest like deer or elk uh, for hunting and things like that. So coyotes don't really fall into either of those categories. So people are not as likely to actually care about the population. What can we do to advocate for coyotes? That's a great question. And I think the main thing is education because we fear what we don't understand. And so we think of coyotes, say, as an animal that doesn't belong in cities when urban coyotes have been here for as long as urban has been here. And so I think the main thing that we can do to advocate for coyotes is teach people how to coexist with them. And so that doesn't necessarily mean telling everybody that they have to like coyotes or that they shouldn't be mad if a coyote eats their chickens, right? But it's teaching them methods of coexistence, like how to haze coyotes or how to make sure you're keeping potential food sources away from coyotes, whether that's not leaving cat food outside or picking up the fallen apples so that coyotes don't have access to them or teaching people about their behavior. Like in the spring and summer, Coyotes do this behavior when they have pups in a den that's called escorting. So when people come by their den, especially people with dogs, 
They'll actually follow you. And it can be really, really freaky if you don't know why they're doing it because it seems like this bold, aggressive behavior when in reality all they're doing is trying to safely see you away from their territory uh, to make sure that their pups are safe. And so I think educating people on behavior and coexistence are definitely the best ways that we can advocate for coyotes. That's Zoe Rossman. She is a PhD candidate at the University of New Mexico, an expert on coyotes. We have still a little bit more time with Zoe and a lot more to learn. But first, this is the Salamanders right here on the Children's Hour. Coyotes are amazing. Not only are they survivors, they can live almost anywhere. They make their dens in canyon washouts, under ledges, in tree hollows, under railroad tracks, abandoned buildings, practically anywhere. Coyote pairs mate for life, raising pups in the spring and teaching them to hunt in the summer. The female coyote keeps the den clean with multiple entrances and exits. Coyotes can range across more than 20 miles, but in urban environments, they resort to just a fraction of that space. It depends upon the availability of food, water, and a safe place to make a den. Stories of coyote date back thousands of years in southwestern North America, a cunning trickster, heroic and unconventional. Beth has a book review coming up on Coyote in the Sky, which tells of one of these stories. Because they can get around and eat anything, coyotes carry many diseases. Like dogs and other mammals, they can get rabies, distemper, mange, and parasites like ticks and fleas. Although coyotes are rarely aggressive toward people, they will snack on small dogs and cats. Like all wild animals, it's essential to give a coyote its space if you're lucky enough to encounter one on your adventures. More with Zoe Rossman coming right up, right here on the Children's Hour. to the Children's Hour Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. Thanks to the Outpost Performance Space in Albuquerque, New Mexico for hosting the Children's Hour. Support for the Children's Hour is provided by United Way of North Central New Mexico. Support provided by the City of Albuquerque and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. Bernalillo County is a proud supporter of the Children's Hour. Many thanks to the users at tokenibis.org who direct funds to the Children's Hour every week. 
That's Joanne Shenandoah right here on the Children's Hour with Coyote's Song. Over the break, Born to be Wild was done by Chicken Wolf off of a long out-of-print release called Barnyard Beat. Today on the show, we're learning about coyotes. They are ubiquitous. That's a word that means they're everywhere. They didn't used to be. They originated in our part of the country, here where the Children's Hour is, in the high desert of the southwestern United States. But now they're in urban areas all over North America. Let's learn more with our special guest, Zoe Rossman. We're with the kids at the Outpost Performance Space in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and on Zoom. What sounds do coyotes make? They make a lot of fun sounds. Uh, Their main sounds, they howl and they yip and they bark. And they're all different ways that they can communicate with other coyotes um, or, you know, bark at humans and dogs to try to scare them away from their territory sometimes. I've even in the city, like here in Albuquerque, I'll hear them sometimes howling back at sirens. Like if an ambulance or a fire truck goes by, they'll start harmonizing with the sirens, uh, which is pretty interesting. They sound a little spooky. They definitely do. They have this, this whole range of sounds, and especially at night, if they're out there howling and yipping, they can get each other going, and it can sound very spooky. It sometimes sounds like crying, but really they're just talking. I'm sure we're terrifying all the cats and dogs out in listener land. Those are the sounds of coyotes off of a release called Wild Tones, Wild Animal Calls and Nature Sounds. How long does it take for baby coyotes to fully develop into adults? That's a great question. So coyotes are born in the spring, and they're size-wise almost full-grown by the end of summer, beginning of fall. And at that point, they'll start to, you know, practice hunting with other pups or by themselves. And then by the time they're around a year, they can start to disperse or leave the area where they were born, but sometimes they'll stick around for another year or two. What is the record for largest coyote ever either hunted or caught? I think the largest coyote ever was an eastern coyote that weighed in at 72 pounds, but that is very, 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 very rare. So of all the coyotes that have ever been weighed in New Mexico, The largest coyote was just over 40 pounds, and even that is a very large coyote for here. So 72, which wasn't in our area, it was on the East Coast, but that's definitely an anomaly. 
Would you say that the abundance of coyotes right now is a bad thing or a good thing? I think it's a neutral thing. So coyotes are really good at regulating their population size. So they're very territorial. And just because they've expanded their range, their population has increased, but they're not becoming overly abundant on the landscape to the point that they're having any negative impacts. That being said, there's a lot of conflict between uh, coyotes and humans, whether it's actual conflict or perceived conflict. And so their abundance is good in some ways for our ecosystems, but could be perceived as bad in some ways, depending on on who you're talking to. Now, are roadrunners actually that much faster than coyotes, or is the cartoon maybe kind of lying to us? Well, I'll just tell you this. I did see coyote pups playing tug-of-war with a roadrunner feather this spring. Uh-oh. And that's Zoe Rossman. She's a PhD candidate at the University of New Mexico's Department of Biology studying coyotes. Zoe, we've learned a lot from you. Thank you so much for being with us on the Children's Hour. Thank you all so much. Christopher and I will be reviewing Coyote in the Sky by Emmett Shkimi Garcia with pictures by Victoria Pringle and published by the University of New Mexico Press. Coyote in the Sky is a legend of the Santa Ana Pueblo and is about animals who journey through darkness to find light and create the world we know. Some troubles along the way include the mischievous coyote that accompanies them. This picture book is filled with colorful illustrations that really bring out the story. I give this book four chilies. The book is called Coyote in the Sky by Emmett Shkimi Garcia, with pictures by Victoria Pringle and published by the University of New Mexico Press. This is Beth Christopher from the Children's Hour.
That was Hovia Edwards from Morning Star, Native American Flute. That was Howl of Coyote behind Beth's book review, too. Before that, you heard Kristen McLean from Family Song Music with Coyote Song. In the background, Pottington Bear. You're listening to the Children's Hour. We've been learning about coyotes. There's always lots more to learn. You can see pictures of coyotes and so much more at childrenshour.org. Just look for this episode, Coyotes. Let us know what you think of the show. We've got a way to contact us at childrenshour.org. You can send us a message. If you'd like to leave your own book or film review, go for it. We've got a cheat sheet available for making book reviews for radio. Just reach out to us at childrenshour.org. And we're going to go out with one more. This is friend of the Children's Hour, Bill Harley. Title track to his release, Coyote. Thank you so much for listening to the Children's Hour. We'll catch you next time. Way out on the mesa, voice calls in the night. The man says that's Coyote. He's just howling at the pale moonlight. Coyote, he's the old one. You can see it in his eyes. He caught the wind, stole the fire. He put the stars up in the sky. Oh, Coyote, when you gonna change your tune? When you gonna stop running round all night, giving your song to the moon? Coyote, he's a gambler. Coyote, he's a fool. Coyote, he's an outlaw He's got no time for rules Coyote, he's a wise one His wits are his disguise He's honest when he can be But when he wants to He can lie Oh, Coyote When you gonna change your tune? When you gonna stop running round all night Giving your song To the moon Coyotes tied down to the earth Got no wings to fly Lifts his head and sings so sad Think that he might die But in the clean light of the morning Coyote says he'll change His friends just shake their head and smile Some things always stay the same Oh, Coyote Never gonna change your tune Never gonna stop running round all night Giving your song the moon.
It's the price you pay for freedom This living day to day It's what it costs to be alive It's a price But it's a price He's glad to pay Way out on the mesa A voice calls in the night The man says that's coyote He's just howling, howling at the pale moonlight Oh, coyote, never gonna change your tune Never gonna stop running around all night Giving your song to the moon Are you? The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. Our show was written by Katie Stone with lots of help from all of us on the kids' crew. You can find photos, links, learn along guides, and more about us at childrenshour.org. Many thanks to Zoe Rossman. Today's show was produced by me, Katie Stone, with help from our senior producer, Christina Stella. Find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or go to our patreon.com slash the children's hour. Or ask your smart speaker to play the children's hour podcast. We post our photos and more on Instagram and Facebook. Find us at TCH Radio. Our theme music was written by C.K. Barlow. The Children's Hour is distributed by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, and by the Pacifica Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio.